0: We are starting a brand new chapter here at Ramp Church, and we're going to be studying the book of James over the next few weeks. And so this is, the first, this is the first week of that. Now, if you've been a part of our last chapter, we just ended a chapter last week called Walking in Freedom. It was a shorter chapter here at Ramp Church. Uh, it was three parts. But we, we genuinely believe here that Jesus has, has paid the price For you and I to walk lives free, free from controlling habits, free from cycles um, of dependency, free from cycles of insecurity, and so I I know that's all of us. But if that particularly hits home for you, I want to encourage you go back, catch up on uh, on the Walking in Freedom series. It was an incredible conversation about how God comes into our life. And ushers us into greater freedom. But today we're starting in the book of James, and um, I, I, I can't think of a better conversation really to start this book off. And I'm just going to give about a 30 second intro to this book. First, I just want to te- I want to encourage you, Ramp Church, dive into the book of James. It's not long; just a few chapters there. And uh, just I, I've always found it uh, found it great when you're when you're going into study a book of the Bible to uh, just read the whole thing all the way through, and uh, then you kind of get the, the, the overarching story. But what, what we really want to do is kind of set the stage with some modern-day events uh, that are going to help you understand the book of James as we, as we study this out. But more than anything, we're going to dive into a story today that I think is going to is going to encourage you it's it's going to bring light and um, understanding to the way God can work in any situation in our lives and that he's drawing us into greater wholeness greater effectiveness for his kingdom and that no challenge that you are facing today is in, is insurmountable with with the the Spirit and the presence of God, who's with you. So um, I just want to introduce you to um, to uh, our new friend, and thank you so much, Ladon, for, for being with us today.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you all.
0: Oh, brilliant! Well, we're gonna we're gonna dive into your story a bit, which is incredible. Stacy and I uh, heard about your story several weeks ago, and then. Then we connected this week and and heard a bit more. So I can't wait for you to hear more Ramp Church. But um, but the, the the backdrop for the book of James, I just want to give you a little uh, just a little insight into that. James was a pastor church leader in Jerusalem, and one of the one of the first um, churches uh, after after Jesus. Uh, commissioned his early followers to have a church to start following him and to spreading his message. And shortly after the start of that church, persecution happened. And for their faith, People started to be martyred. There was, um, there was widespread persecution in the church, which made the church from Jerusalem start to spread to hopefully more peaceful parts of the Roman Empire. And so James is writing to the people that were in his church... Um, but have now moved to other places to to try to find a bit more peace. They move their families, so they're in a they're in a season of turmoil. And although you and I, Ramp Church, Manchester, we haven't moved to avoid persecution, we are in a pretty challenging season here. And one of the things that I love about the Book of James, and that I feel like is an invitation for us. Ramp Church, as we study this book, is we're getting to see some insights on what is an early church leader when he's speaking into the life of his church, a life that's in persecution, uh, 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 lives that are facing challenges, new challenges to them. What does he speak to them? And so, I want one of the one of the things I'm so excited about your story is it helps us see in the West um, what God is doing in the global church. And um, so, you're from Iran originally, and God met you radically there, and we're going to hear about that. But just a little bit about Iran, um, the church, the fastest-growing church in the world is actually in Iran.
1: Yes, that's right.
0: Yeah, that's right and Iran. so in 1979, I read some statistics on this. In 1979, there were less than 500 people who had come from a Muslim background who were serving Jesus. And now, conservative estimates are they're close to 400,000. Some estimates say over a million people that are serving Jesus. The church is growing by 20% every year in Iran. And you know, when we think about the church, we think generally of Western nations, you know, traditionally Christian nations. But one of the most beautiful things about Christianity is there is not a geographical center we can't we can't we can't go this is the center of Christianity the center of Christianity really is where God is moving at the moment Amen. and I feel like as the Western Church we're not we can't think of ourselves as the center of what God's doing because maybe we have lights and cameras and 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 we we think of ourselves as sophisticated in church because we've been doing this for for a long time. When God's moving in a place like He's moving in Iran and in the Near East and the Middle East, we in the West, we need to take a learning posture. And we need to go, God, we want to learn from what you're doing there. What are you doing through church leaders? What are you doing? And we want to be students of the move of God there so we can be shaped by your faith, shaped by the faith of the churches that you've led, shaped by the church, the faith of the churches that you've been a part of, and learn from that. So Ramp Church, that's the posture that I want you and I to take today as we dive into this story. Break out your notebook, and we're going to learn. And then, I want, then I'm going to talk to you about how we can even partner with this work at the end um, of this. So I, I would just love to just even for you to share some of your story. How did you come to faith? Uh, a bit about your background uh, as we get started.
1: Yeah, sure. It's, uh, as I said, it's a pleasure to be here and uh, worship with you all in a church. And, uh, you know, I came from Muslim background. I, uh, I, I was born and raised as a Muslim. Uh, and all my life, I... Thought the best way to worship God and have connection with God was Islam. It's the perfect religious for us as they introduced to us. And uh, because I loved God, I was looking for this uh, relationship with God, Uh, but the only way I knew all the prayer and the duty Islam asked me to do And I tried to do even more than that duty they uh, they ask because I wanted something from God. I wanted to experience his presence in my heart. Even nobody told me about his presence and the relationship with him. I had, you know, in my heart something, I was thirsty for God and uh, I did uh, my duty and prayer because I wanted him, not because that's just only doing, you know, uh, the, these prayers. Because I didn't come from radical Muslim family. You know, they were really free for our, you know, way we are worshiping God. But I was really seeking him, uh, and but I never felt uh, never felt peace and uh, that experience I was uh, I was looking for and first uh, I was early 20 I left all the duty and prayer I was doing I gave up I felt this is not working for me and my life went... Different way and I started to just partying and you know all the time I was you know in different parties and you know drinking different thing came to my life but at the same time still I knew in my heart I was looking for him until um, through one of my relatives, I uh, went to church. When I went to church for the first time, I just went to see what Christian people doing and how uh, is highest church. And when I went there in uh, middle of worship, I felt presence of God very strongly. I couldn't stop crying and cheering. I said, God, I love this experience. I love this relationship uh, to have with you. But you know, I'm Muslim, I remain Muslim, but I want to to worship you like these people. Uh, For eight months, I went to church every week because it was the only place I could feel presence of God. I could feel peace. And uh, finally, uh, I learned more about Jesus and what he did for me, because I knew Jesus as a prophet for just Christian people. We had Muhammad, we had you know, our own you know, Imams, and I didn't know he died for me. That time I learned about him and I decided to give my life to Jesus and I start this journey with him. That is
2: amazing. I just think that is, I, I just love in your story how again it is evident how God's presence is for every single human, Amen. for every single person on planet earth who is thirsting, Amen. and even people who who don't even know how to find yeah. him. Yeah. How Jesus is continuing to reveal himself Amen. to people. Amen. So once you became then a
1: Christian, yes. what did your how did your life change? Yeah. uh, I can say in every part of my life I could feel changes and not only me my family my friends could uh, could see this change at the beginning my family was so upset with my decision and uh, even they told me don't talk about it don't share with anyone but they couldn't deny what's happening in my life and uh, even my mom was Muslim, um, uh, after a few months, she encouraged my brother to give his heart to Jesus. Uh, the, my mom was very, very upset with me when I became a Christian and she thought, oh, this is one new thing came to her life and she will leave it later and uh, forget it, but she saw really, I changed, my life changed, and she encouraged my brother to give his heart to Jesus. After about one and, one and a half year, my mom became a Christian, my sister, yeah, many of my family members, yeah. And yeah, that time we just, without knowing anything about, uh, you know, work of God and church growing, we just sharing with our, Friends, co-worker, and they became a Christian, and we were a small group ourselves. Now,
0: you know, for those of us who maybe were used to church in a Western context, and here in England um, or in America, where Stacy and I, um, Stacy and I grew up, when we think of church, we're thinking of the church that's on the corner that I'm going to on Sunday. But your church experience was was much different in Iran. So. What was that like when you say I went to church every week? Can you just describe that just a bit
1: for us? Um, that time I started to go to church, we had one local church, one like building church like here in whole Tehran. We could go as a Muslim background to that church and after a few years even they closed down that church But after I became a Christian I couldn't because we know uh, government are really uh, Seeking people there and they know about that people. I stopped to go to that church But we had our own Group of people, you know, we just came to Christ through each other, and one of us knew more than rest of us. Started to share, share, you know, about uh, God and uh, about Word of God to us. We were worshiping together with uh, uh, with uh, YouTube, with uh, some, you know, worship music ourselves, and we didn't have anything. It was just in. Uh, one of our people's friend's house, we get together, and later, you know, all our churches became underground church, and we have to, you know, get together in the houses in a small group and worship God together there, very quietly, very careful, and sometimes I had to wait uh, and see uh, make sure nobody's standing outside the door and listening to us when we are when rest of our team rest of our uh, people are worshiping God and sharing about Jesus
2: yeah. wow. so
1: in Iran where when the government finds out that people are Christians, what happens yeah when they uh, they found out definitely they arrest you and uh, depend, uh, you know, uh, what you are doing. If you are just believer and not sharing gospel, they just, you know, they try to, uh, uh, I I forgot the uh, word, uh, to, you know, somehow scare you not to share with other people. But if you are sharing gospel with other people, definitely they keep you in prison for some time. And uh, uh, unfortunately, about more than 20 years ago, they killed many of our pastors and uh, yeah, uh, because they wanted to uh, stop. But God's moving across it the Iran, yes. Like sounds like, like he is moving, yes. yes. yes.
0: So your story doesn't end there. You yes. sh- you start meeting in home churches, yes. and um, God God's moving in these home churches, isn't yes. He? People are finding Him. People, in spite of the persecution, are still compelled, still feel um, passion yes. about spreading the message of Jesus and so take us into that journey a bit even your own journey what did that look like tell
1: them the story about the Bible yes Uh, you know the uh, one thing in our you know when our people coming to Christ because they know it's the other people they don't know about Jesus and what he did for them you know they want to share and this is something from our culture also, you know, we want to share everything we have. And uh, when, uh, yeah, be- when we become a Christian in Iran, we want to share, you know, what we found about Jesus and uh, what's happened to our life. And we cannot stop, you know, this is, this is not only me. I had passion to go and share rest of our people. Uh, you know, we always have New Testament gospel with ourselves when we go out in inside of Iran because we know there are some people need this. They need to know about so you it. So
0: carry, you carry New Testaments with yes, you?
1: Yes, always, always. Because every day we know God wants to share the gospel with somebody. He wants to use us in a uh, Uh, among our people and always we had this and especially for some time we started to encourage our house church uh, member to take, we had a Bible in table and we prayed for that and every person uh, took seven of that to uh, to go and share for the rest of the week for each day at least uh, with one person and then next day they were coming with the testimonies and what's happened with that new testament they shared yeah. that is
2: just ramp church i hope that that is hitting your heart like it is mine right here sitting here with her just the faith yes. that god's word works Amen. So Amen. I'm, I can so I can picture. I think what you're saying. You yes. come together. You've got Bibles spread out on a table. Yes. You are praying over these New Testaments. Every yes. church member is taking five or seven home with them, so, yes. and sharing the gospel every day with this this faith, this belief yes. that people need to hear, that they are God's instruments in that yes. land, Amen. and that Amen. as they share the word of God. People will come from darkness to light and experience the presence of God just like you did and the peace of God and relationship Mm. that Mm. so many people are hungry for. You know, I think that is one thing that is encouraging about sharing our faith is Jesus said, people are ripe. People are ready. There are some people who may be hard, but there are plenty of people who are ready to to come to Jesus. There are plenty of people who, like you, they want to connect to God's presence. They are looking for Jesus. They are looking for a God that is personal and that can take the weight of that sin and guilt and shame. And here we are on planet Earth for such a time as this, sent to different cities and different parts of the world to be his. His hands and his feet Amen. and his mouthpiece, Amen. and I just absolutely Amen. love the obedience and the faith mm-hmm. um, of just stepping out and doing that. So, so as you are sharing the gospel, then you are actually imprisoned yeah. for your faith and for sharing the gospel. So, how did that happen? And tell us about that experience.
1: Yes, uh, it was uh, December two thousand and ten. Uh, we heard. Before it was October, we heard about our uh, uh, Supreme Leader of Iran, uh, the, the house churches are enemy of Iran. And after that, exactly after that, we felt pressure but you know, at the same time, we could see how God is moving. More people was coming to Christ. We couldn't stop what we were doing. It was December 2010, uh, a Boxing Day. Uh, I had a phone call from my friend and I heard they arrested all our um, uh, house church leaders and they are looking for me as well. And That day they couldn't arrest me. They were around our house, but somehow they couldn't find me. Uh, But next day they called me and they asked me to go to the uh, police office. And it was so scary to do this because especially that time, uh, that year I heard many, many things about uh, what's happening to people in prison in Iran. Uh, how they torture people, how they abuse people. But I knew my friends are there and they are calling me to go there. It was so hard. I prayed with my mom, and you know, even my mom thought, okay, maybe she can send me somewhere to uh, keep me safe there. But as we prayed, I had peace to go and you know in that police office. Uh, I took taxi, I went there, I tried even, I thought it's the last day of my life to be out of prison, to be in a somewhere I can share gospel with other people. I tried to, you know, share with the people in taxi, but, you know, um, but all the time I was there, I thought this is, it was my last opportunity to be out of prison for the rest of my life. Um, I went there, they put me in solitary confinement as they put rest of our people, and in solitary confinement in Iran, in that prison, there is nothing, nothing. It's no bed, no pillow, nothing. It was just, you know, concrete floor with the thin carpet, nothing else. And uh, And they took everything I had and they gave me prison clothes, it was, dirty clothes, smelly, <laughs> and, uh, and I had to wear that and I had to be there and wait, just wait. Sometimes they took me for interrogation and it was so hard for me to be there because I didn't know how long I will stay there. Are they keeping me for the rest of my life? Are they going to execute me? What's happening there, I didn't know. And uh, not only myself, I was so worried about the rest of my friends, my family members, what's happening to them, because it was nothing. The only co- um, contact uh, contact was with the interrogator and the guard, nothing else. And while I was there, from the beginning I was I knew the only thing can help me there to be calm and stay there was something from God. I was thinking I wish I had my Bible because a Bible always was, you know, something I was carrying everywhere with myself, but that time I didn't have anything and I couldn't have my Bible. I asked my interrogator to give me Bible They said we cannot uh, give it to you and uh, I was waiting and I was really wanted to have something from God and it was amazing to see how God is bringing verses you know words from Bible to encourage me to stand there even I didn't have my own Bible but God brought the verses I needed to hear. I needed to be encouraged there to to, uh, my mind. And uh, you know, the verses, some verses, I never memorized it to say okay this is because I memorized it it was just coming uh, depend of my situation depend of my thoughts god gave me verses and one thing was really helping me there i could stole my pen from my interrogator to bring to myself and it was it was a big crime if they could if they found out about this, but somehow I could hide it and brought it to myself. I started to write my the Bible verses God reminded me on prison wall, and it because it was very encouraging for me, I was thinking after me, maybe somebody's coming here, and it's the last place for them in their life, maybe. This is, nobody can share gospel. I started to write about Jesus and John 3, uh, 16, all this thing to maybe somebody else after me can come and read this, but God used that wall and all the verses on that wall to encourage again myself and it, that prison wall became my Bible and encouraging me there. Yeah, yep. that is so... so so powerful
2: because i feel like that's a word for somebody that's watching and you feel like your faith is hanging on by a thread and what i feel even from your story ladon is just saying we've got to pull this book out that you have access to and you've got to just consume the living powerful words of God in this Amen. book. This book in Hebrews 4.12, it says this book is alive. Amen. It is active. Jesus was talking of the Holy Spirit to his disciples and uh, John, and he says the Holy Spirit will remind you of the things that I have told you. And you, the Holy Spirit moving in that, that prison cell where you are you have stolen a pin, yes. and you have some words memorized, but some of the Word of God you didn't even have memorized, but the yes. evidence of the Holy Spirit um, doing exactly what He was sent to us to do, to be our standby, our constant, how he brought the words of God to your remembrance. And some of you even, you're gonna find fresh strength this week by just diving in to the book, the word of God. Jesus is the living word and he breathes on these pages to speak to us. He he brings it up to our remembrance to sustain us, to revive us, to keep us and to give us what we need, our daily bread, our daily bread. So you are in this solitary confinement, in a prison in Iran. You don't have anything but a pen that you have stolen from your interrogation, and the Lord is ministering to you through his word. And how long were you in there? And were there days? What did you do on days when you just felt... Did you have days that you just felt
1: extremely low? Yeah, definitely I had. It was very hard, very hard to be here, be there in that uh, place. And you know, it was, some days I thought this is my last day I cannot I cannot see the next day not because they are going to execute because there was any strength in me but it was amazing to see God how God is bringing you know whole story all the stories from Uh, Bible to my mind. How I opened the sea for the Moses, I will open this door for you. How I was with Daniel, I am with you. God was just reminded me the stories and the words and you know it was uh, I when I was praying for uh, for your church to come here The only thing I could just came to my mind and I was praying just to devote yourself to word of God, devote yourself to Holy Spirit, because the only thing can uh, maybe uh, in this world, in this part of world, we are not going to prison because of our faith, but we have the days we are alone and we feel lonely and the only thing can help us, maybe there is no pastor around us, there is no, uh, people can help us. It's the time to devote ourselves to God himself and his word word to strengthen us, to help us stand in this, this situation.
0: Incredible, incredible. I, I'm reminded of when Jesus was trying to teach his disciples a lesson about which leaders to follow and which ones to beware of. And he, he made a, a, a funny statement. He said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And his his disciples thought that he was talking about bread and, uh, and the need to, to bring bread. And and Jesus responded to that and he said, I, I have bread you don't, you don't even know about. Yes. And, you know, probably the first thought in their mind is, what do you, you have a secret stash of food somewhere, you know, in your backpack? Or, but they, they, they finally came around like, like, uh, like we do. We finally come around to Jesus' main point, and that is this Jesus then went in to say that it's the word of God yes. that I feed on. Amen. And some of us, even in this season of challenge, we're looking for purely natural things to provide for something that only, that, are, that ultimately our soul and our spirit needs. And there's spiritual and soul nourishment that God wants to provide through this word. And when we feel depleted, we try to start to organize things on the outside of us. But God's trying to give us an anchor in his word, an eternal anchor, a transcendent truth that he wants to speak into our life. And it's found in this word. And I think that's, it's so important, even as we enter this new chapter, Ramp Church, where we're studying a book of the Bible together, that we realize God's provided us this book, not just so we can do great Christian things, but because at our lowest moment, there's there's nourishment yes. to get us through those moments together, so pick pick back up on your story there. So you were in solitary confinement, and and what happened from there?
1: Yes, I was there for about uh, 36 days, and uh, finally it was it was miracle. I know the answer of it was answer of many people around the world prayer for us. God opened the doors somehow they decided to release us by bail to give us later give us our sentence to uh, go back to prison but uh, somehow I could manage to come out of Iran. I wanted to really, I wanted to stay because I knew God called me for my country, for my people. I wanted to stay in uh, there, but unfortunately I couldn't stay there and I had to leave uh, country. And I started again uh, my ministry with Elam ministry while I was in Turkey and here and we, Yeah, more than, uh, you know, as we see in the Bible, when persecution came, even more, we could see how God is moving and uh, the kingdom grow, uh, grow more. And uh, it's happened for us, we we were, we started, our network in Iran started with one house church and we became uh, almost, 48, 49 house churches in different places, And, but after that, God used each of us more to spread the gospel in Iran and, you know, uh, among Iranian different places.
2: Yeah, that's,
1: you know, that just,
2: when you talking about what is happening in Iran and how God is moving, you you are telling these real life stories of persecution mm-hmm but there is such joy in what God is doing. And that is exactly what you read here in James 1. It says, When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity, an opportunity for great joy. For you know when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And then, you know, it goes on and talks about the need for wisdom and God giving us wisdom in these really challenging times, and I love how you know your mom was praying with you. I mean, I can't imagine. You know, I think I I get stressed out about decisions and pandemic, but I'm just thinking you had the decision of were you going to to come into the prison where the police are summoning you, and your brothers and sisters in Christ are in prison, and you somehow escaped that initial arrest. But then you had to pray and weigh the decision and God giving you wisdom. And and then why, you know, I know that you have said you see God moving. What do you feel like, I know we won't see perfectly on this side of eternity all that God is doing, but just from where you sit, why do you feel like you had to go to prison? Were you landed in prison? Do you have any insight into that big
1: epic question? Um. Uh, uh, Right now, you, you're asking now if I have a question why I went to prison yes, or yes, that time. Yeah. You know, uh, right now I can see because how God changed myself inside of prison. I I learned more about His faithfulness while I was in prison, and uh, His mercy while I was in prison. I can say before prison, I. Could talk about God, but the experience I had with God inside of prison, in that solitary confinement, changed my. Still, I'm learning about Him, I'm knowing Him, but that time was a big step for me to knowing Him more deep and, you know, in a different level. Before that, I could wor- I was worshiping God. I was teaching people, but uh, worship, and but there I experienced different thing in prison. Yeah.
2: That just reminds me, you know, I'm thinking of of our founding pastor who who founded the ramp, Pastor Karen, and she's told Joe and I that it has been in some of the most the biggest test of her faith in some of the darkest nights of her life when when her um, i'm sure many of you ramp church have heard her tell the story that you know, of intercession and praying for her daughter Lindsay and and the two year battle that was just she was in an intense two year battle of her faith but how she wouldn't trade that for anything because she learned depths of god's grace and power and presence and experienced his presence sustaining her in ways that she never did before. Even though she was a mature Christian and she was ministering and she was, she had seen miracles before, but it was like in the darkest time in her life, those, those different seasons where it was just very dark, but she, by the grace of God, leaned in to him that he revealed himself to her in most powerful ways. And I I want us to, you know, just take a time to pray and pray for, I would love for you to pray for Ramp Church and that we can continue to let this opportunity for growth right now, all the, the, the individual challenges that we would just let the opportunity have um, endurance in us and develop us. But we want to also, Ramp Church, we want to pray for our brothers and sisters in Iran. And even in Hebrews 13, Ramp Church, it says in Hebrews 13, 3, remember those in prison as if you were there yourself. Remember also these, those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. And you were, you were saying how your release from prison was just a miracle. And I am reminded of when Peter was imprisoned in Acts and the church prayed and the angel came and led him out of prison how god responds to a praying church so we want to pray for our brothers and sisters Iran but we also want to provide an opportunity for you for all of us Ramp Church to give financially let's let's bless the them what they're doing provide bibles for them provide food in the middle of their pandemic there do you have anything you want to say about yeah, that
0: yeah we, we want to give as a faith family into this so um, so, uh, uh, Ladan's a part of Elam Ministries and who's working in Iran and um, working with planting churches there, working with training church leaders, working with providing food in this, in this challenging time, working with Bibles and Bible translation. And so, let's be a part of this ramp church Let's even dream together that we could send 100 Bibles into Iran, that we can partner with this work. And so I want, I want you to, I, and I know you gave earlier, I just want to invite you to, to give again and put on the note of that gift, um, Elam, E-L-A-M, or Iran, and, um, and, and everything you give when you note that is going straight in to, to, to this need. So let's, let's be a part of this need Ramp church, but let's pray too. Um, would you pray over ramp church? Would that be okay? And then we want to pray over the church. Can I pray
1: in Farsi? Please go, yes, yes, go for it. Okay. هاللویا خداونده تو رو شکر می کنیم می پرستیم برای اینکه که تنها تو خدای قدوس، خدایی که سزاوار پرستش سزاوار ستایش هستی خداونده تو رو شکر می کنیم برای وفاداری و امانت تو خداونده تو رو شکر می برای خداونده این کلیسا برای این که خداونده در تو داره رشد میکنه دعا میکنم به نام ایسای مسیح خداوندال این کلیسا در شناخت محبت تو رشد بکنه دعا میکنم خداوندال این کلیسا نوری باشه در تاریکی این شهر این کلیسا خداوندال محلی باشه که خداوندال هر کسی که وارد میشه هر کسی که اعضای این کلیسا رو میبینه خداوندال حضور تو وارد اون خونه وارد مکانی که اونها هستن بشه خداوندا دعا می کنم به نام ایسای مسیح از این کلیسا برای پیشبرد پادشاهی خودت استفاده کنی دعا می کنم به نام ایسای مسیح خداوندا قلب تو و اون چیزی که خداوندا رویای تو هست برای این شهر برای این منطقه اتفاق بیفته از طریق این کلیسا خداوندا دعا میکنم که افراد بسیاری رو از طریق این کلیسا نجات بدی و خودت رو خداوندا به نام عیسی مسیح دعا میکنم که به این کلیسا بشناسونی خداوندا این کلیسا رو محافظت کن خداوندا این کلیسا رو برکت بده خدا to dar در dar در in dar Amen. Amen. And Ramp
2: Church, I want you just to find a place and engage your spirit in faith and let's just pray let's pray blessing lord we pray blessing over Ladan we pray for your spirit lord to just continue to use her here in England as she mobilizes the western Church and as she pours out father her experiences her testimonies of your faithfulness we just declare increase over her and blessing over her and father we join our faith with hers and we thank you father for the outpouring of your spirit and Iran. We thank you for revival that is happening in Iran. We thank you, Lord, for the testimony of your faithfulness, of your provision, of your miracle working power. And Lord, right now we join together and we release strength and we declare steadfastness of spirit to our brothers and sisters in Iran. Lord, to those who are in prison and in solitary confinement, we agree for a release, Lord, of encounters with your word, of encounters with your presence that sustain them, that strengthen them that are the wind in their sails today. Lord, where they are in need of food, where they are in need of financial provision, we agree for a release, a manifestation, God, of every need that they have. And Lord, we thank you that your word is spreading like wildfire in Iran and that it can't be contained or boxed in. Jesus, that you will be glorified and magnified and praised among every nation. And Lord, we pray for great joy for our brothers and sisters. Lord, just as James was writing to his church. We pray that they are filled with joy, God, in the place of testing, in the place of challenge, in the place of trial. We declare their cup runneth over, that their head is anointed with oil, that you prepare a table before them in the presence of their enemies, that their cup runneth over. We thank you, Lord, that the river of God is running. It's bringing life to desert places. It is revealing Jesus as the Son of God and the Savior of the world. And Lord, we give you glory. that you are exalted among the nations, that your name is honored, that your name is praised, Lord, among every tribe, nation, and tongue. And we thank you for the privilege, Father, of co-laboring with you here on planet Earth, of bringing light to the darkness and hope to the hopeless. It's our high calling. It's our greatest privilege, Lord. And we say yes, yes, yes. And thank you, Father, for what you are doing to bring deliverance, deliverance and freedom, and bringing your name into Iran with power. Power and conviction. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. We thank you, Father, for revival. We thank you for harvest. We thank you for great outpouring of your spirit on earth right now. We thank you for a move of your spirit on planet earth right now. We thank you that Jesus is being revealed on planet earth right now. We thank you that the kingdom of God is advancing on planet earth right now. We thank you that Jesus is revealed in power and glory all over the globe. We thank you you, Father, that you are moving, that you are alive, and you are on the move. You are on the move. Oh, we thank you that you are victorious, God. In your love, and your mercy, you are pursuing us. You are pursuing humanity. You are reaching out. You are revealing yourself to people who don't even know you exist. You are saying, here I am. We thank you, Lord, for your heart that pursues us, and we worship you, Lord, in Jesus' name.
0: you, Jesus. We're going to sing again. I think it's a fitting way to end this time together. Thank you again for being with us, LaDawn. Ramp Church, right there, wherever you're watching. Maybe you're in your living room or a bedroom or maybe you're riding on a train, public transport. I just want you to make that space a sacred space. And I want you to invite the Holy Spirit into this this season of your life in a fresh way. Ask Him to be the the bread, the nourishment for your soul and your spirit. Maybe you have never, ever changed your orientation, your relationship with God. Maybe this is the first time you've ever been a part of a church service. I wanna encourage you, take a step today into God's presence. He's inviting you to receive what He has Matthew chapter 11, Jesus called and he said, come to me. If you're weary, if you're burdened, if you're carrying heavy loads, I'm going to give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. Take my burden upon you. It's light and it's easy. And I will give you rest for your soul. I just want to invite you into that. and I'm not gonna tell you what to say, but I would encourage you to start to speak to God, maybe for the first time and just say, God, I I want you today. It can sound something like that. God, I want, I want to know you. I want to find out who you are. Or maybe Ramp Church, maybe you you are a part of Ramp Church and 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 you've had years of faithfulness and following God, there's more. You can find more nourishment in his spirit. You can find what you need in this season. And so I just want to encourage you, make the space where you are a sacred space and connect to God as we sing together.